hey guys, happy holidays. Oh yeah, happy pagan holidays that were stolen by Catholics. Hey, 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 not just Catholics. The Protestants had their fair share of stealing too. We also took from Charles Dickinson's books. We just we took of the things. We made a holiday. I'm 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 the Catholic, and I'm like, yeah, we totally did. 100%. Great holiday, though. <laughs> nice stuff. Thanks. I mean, I like the, um, what do you guys do in Japan? It's fried chicken, right? I hate it. Don't bring it up. <laughs> no, that's it's... the best. No, you have to, Madison, you would hate it here. Like, honestly, Christmas in Japan is just capitalism. It's just pure capitalism. There's nothing else about it. Hold on, hold on. You tell me one way it's not that in the U.S. You're literally arguing with the person who has done two years of Japanese Christmas. Come New Year's. New Year's, it's fantastic. Anywho, on today's episode, since I'm able to join you guys this holiday, I, I, I kind of want to bring about the um, a little bit of what I talked about in the lecture when we're talking about these new regional variants. Honestly, I think Pokemon is going to give them to the starters. Does that seem like a wild theory to any of y'all? No, I don't think it's too far-fetched. <laughs> you think they're just going to be surprised? The same ones. Enjoy. If there's one thing we've learned, it's that they love remarketing their stuff. And so giving us new variations of the ever-popular starters just seems too easy to pass up. Hold on, them. hold on, though. The starters they pick, and I do love them, are not the ever-popular ones. No, starters are always popular, is what I meant. And they're taking ones that are less popular and getting us re-excited about them. Chesspin would argue differently. The start, everyone gets amped up for the starters. That's undeniable. Yeah, I, we can all agree on that. These are all, like, everyone, like, when the starters come out, those artists get to work. Like, literally within seconds. They're not doing a starter reveal just to be like, and it's Typhlosion again. Unless they are, then I feel like it's a missed opportunity. We're just speculating that they're going to do like a, a reveal. Yes. Yeah. And we're going to spitball. That's what this whole episode is. is us spitballing on what they could actually do with it with the Pokemon they Can have. Can I speculate what... something different? I mean, of course, this is what the whole thing is. That they have all this old merch that they just want to get rid of because these are Pokemon that weren't popular. <laughs> I think Ed begs to differ on Typhlosion being. Yeah, no, Ed, the volcano guy is like, he has like all the Typhlosion parts. I love Typhlosion. I have a Typhlosion plush. Like, I love Typhlosion. It doesn't change the fact that it wasn't that popular. And that's why we're getting them again with upgrades, maybe. Yes, that's what we're thinking. If we don't get upgrades, then we wasted our time. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and just start spitballing. Chris, cue the music. Wait. We have to go to the news first, Lucas. You've been out of the game too long. Ah, fine. Ugh, it's been a while. Oh, my head. So I know Lucas is in a rush here to talk about the topic, but we do things differently here at the actual show. Uh, We're going to do the news. I don't work well in teams anymore. <laughs> I have news. Uh, there's a Pokemon code for Sword and Shield, or, or not Sword and Shield, um, Diamond and Pearl right now. What's the code get you? Um, a bunch of statues, I guess. Oh, yeah. I the Jade, isn't it the, like Jade statues? I don't know. I, 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 Kevin and I still haven't bought the game because like, we haven't had time. It's a bunch of like green looking statues. It was like, a, it's like yeah. Rhyperior, Electivire, I think yeah. Lucario, and then Leafeon. Yeah, that sounds right. And Pachirisu. Oh, yeah. Okay. Of course, Pachirisu. 
corset rat. Yeah, no, that, so there's that coming out in Diamond and Pearl, and then there was something... Oh, Dragonite is coming into... is going to officially be brought into Pokemon Unite. Dragonite's not the only one that they're bringing in, though, right? They've brought in a few. Like, they've brought in a, quite a few new mons to the game. Um, also, also, Diamond and Pearl... Is on it. It's already on its like four, it's on its fourth patch. That's not new. I That's just it. games nowadays. I called it though. Yeah, but like, how many times do they have to fix this game? Like, how many problems does it have? If you're complaining about modern day video games having patches, you're not playing modern day video games. That's just the way it is. It's upsetting, but it it is now how things are. I understand I don't that like that's it. how it is, but it's still yeah, it's still tacky. At least they're free and they're not charging you for the patches. For now. Um, also, Sword and Shield is doing like a winter event, but who's still playing that? Also, like, so, did you know that Go in the anime now has Cinderace and Inteleon? They really are just setting up that that character to be like the next Ash. They're just going to get rid of Ash and put this new kid in and watch the fan base burn itself down. We need a new hero. Ash can't be 12 forever. Well, and then he has Grookey, so that's going to get into Rillaboom. So, like, what? Is Go just going to have all the starters? Eh, why not? The anime is the thing. This this podcast cares the least about the animes than any of everything Pokemon related. Oh, no, no, no. But Dreepy's coming up in the next episode, so that's kind of a big deal. All right. The one thing I want to add for Pokemon news, we did get the new Voltorb form. We didn't officially say it because it came out, like, two days after the last episode. Voltorb, Grass and Electric based on a dynamite tree. We'll talk more about it later on. The animation they put out was really, really cute. Um, I feel like we kind of skipped over the science news. We just jumped right into the Pokemon. Yeah, we, we just we just jumped at... Matt Madison was criticizing you for not knowing how this stuff goes and just bypassed science. Hold on, hold on. To be fair, we have done it in every order on this show, as long as news is first. Either way, Lucas, we were talking about this over Messenger, but... What about this this giant dinosaur? Or not, it's not giant. What about this dinosaur egg? Hang on, Don is here. Don, what are we talking about? Dinosaur in the egg in China. Go, Don. Dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> they did find that dinosaur egg. In, they found they have they, that uh, dino in, DNA. It did have that dino DNA. In any case, they did find a dinosaur egg in China with a really well preserved fossilized embryo inside. They were able to make a ton of estimates on its size, how big it's going to get, how strong it's going to get. But, like, this is really rare. Wait, are they going to hatch it? Like, you can't hatch it. It's a it's a <laughs> hunk of rock, but it's a well-preserved hunk of rock. And no, we're not bringing dead back. They were also able to see the, the position that the uh, embryo was in in the egg is the same. It's unique to birds, so it's also just reinforcing that. But that's because the theropods are ancestors of birds. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's the point, is, is is it's reaffirming that. You can never have too much evidence, but it's cool. I, I think it's really interesting, too, because because it came from China. When I talk to my friend Will, he always brings up that when Chinese paleontology, paleontology, paleontologists have not been able to go into China for a long time. And when they were able to, they're finding all this new stuff because while it was found maybe 20 or 30 years ago, they weren't able to actually go over it. So it's really cool. To see that we're finding all this stuff still, that it's just, we finally have a chance to look at it and be like, oh, snap, you guys had this this whole time. It's wild. Absolutely. All right. We have Knox news of every kind. Can we, can I, can we start spitballing now? All right, cool. So what we'll be doing for this episode, 
I have broken down the three starters into what they are based on. And from there, we will go ahead. I'll mention what they are based on. Some of them are pretty obvious. Some details most people don't know. And then from there, we'll just work our way into thinking uh, what typings we'll get. So first off, uh, let's start with, uh, you know, traditionally grass types. So yeah, Rowlet. He's an owl. If you don't know anything about owls, they are Order Strigiformes, uh, which literally translate to owl group in Latin, which shows just how long owls have been identified as owl. Literally, their name is just owl group. Like, there's nothing special about that. But there's over 200 species. They range in size. There's some that are less than six inches tall. There's some that have a wingspan of six feet. Like, they are massive. They are all predatory. They are thought to be, uh, like, uh, the Great Horned Owl is thought to be responsible for a lot of the Jersey Devil and some alien sightings, as are the, the Barn Owl, because they have a creepy face. That's what we talked about with the uh, the Kentucky briefly with the Kentucky Hobgoblins. Yes, I say like maybe they just saw those eyes. I mean, they are creepy night creatures. Every single thing out there at night, if it's small enough, is scared of an owl. They are found on every corner of the planet except Antarctica, and because they mostly hunt at night, they are specialized in stealth hunting. Can I ask you? Can I like ask two questions? Because if they are going to do this, are they going to do what they did in previous games where? they're going to keep the main typing and add a new typing like they did with Scizor and Voltorb? Or, because they're going to be ridiculous, are they going to only keep the secondary typing? But that would be impossible because two of these don't have a secondary typing, which makes me think that they're all going to maintain their main typing. So Rowlet would still be a grass type. Typhlosion is still a fire type, right? They will all keep their main typing. I don't, I don't think they're going to change it for one and not all of them. Correct. They are going to, what I think is going to happen is they are going to change the typing from, so Rowlet, it'll be still, they'll all still have the grass, water, fire, but then they'll either get a secondary ability, secondary typing in the case of our water and fire starter, but then our grass type will get a different one. Instead of being ghost, it'll be something else. Yeah. Okay, so we don't think it's going to be like well, it's not going to be like ghost something else. It's well, like, if if I no. may chime, if I may chime in there, um, I think part of the reason why the the rabbit line, I think we talked about this before, gets the ghost type. An extinct owl from Hawaii. Right? Correct. Well, the entire species is, and because Dartrix, the last part, um, uh, Gralistrix was the the genus of the extinct owl, the stilt owl species, or pop, uh, the three different species from Hawaii. So this is back in time; they would not be extinct. So I'd imagine we wouldn't get a ghost type. So can I ask another question? Mm-hmm. So, so far, all the variants that they've shown are either based on extinct animals or they've been doing really great tying into like traditional folklore, not just like per se, like the mythos, but the design aspects too. So do we think that all the variants are going to play into this motif? That's what we were going to get into in the next section. So what's really cool about owls for me is that everything about them has evolved to be a silent killing machine as cute as their ears are on different heights yes and different sizes too it's wild what yeah tell them tell them the thing all right yeah so owls their ear holes are like not even like ours are um one is higher on the head than the other and it gives them better directional hearing because like the the unevenness allows them to better like figure out the difference in the height when they're listening for prey in the dark that's cool, but also terrifying. 
with, with owls specifically, again, they have feathers that silence them as they fly, giant eyes for absorbing any speck of light, talons that can break a human thumb without even thinking about it. These animals are built to rip and tear until the job is done. Doom music intensifies. <laughs> In mythology, uh, the Greeks took them as a symbol of wisdom. That's where that comes from. Uh, there's an owl that accompanies Athena. And in Rome, if you nailed a dead owl to your door, it wards off evil, a tradition that was actually brought into the English. So it's fan- it's uh, it's weird. They're seen as like... I mean, people used to like tie chickens to warts to to help with those. So people have done some weird stuff for no reason. I mean, that might back... That, the science might track with that one. <laughs> uh, in, in England, um, some people saw them as symbols of doom. Because again, when you're out at night and there's no light and you just hear this screech and this swoop, like it's terrifying. They also thought that they could um, uh, tell when the weather was changing. Like you could tell when certain owls screech. Yeah, if the owl is wet, it is raining. Ah, science. Uh, the Actually, I think they just, the, the English people just got, uh, never got the weather reports from the owls and that's why they hated them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Native Americans, on the other hand, their views of owls is like it's all over the place. There are so many tribes with so many different beliefs. Well, that's also because like you're describing like hundreds of cultures. Correct. Native American views on them range everything from soul stealing monsters to guardians of happiness and light. They're an interesting group. There's, There's a lot we can work with them. Although owls in the wild are incredibly stupid. They are not smart animals. They are instinctual animals. Owls are dumb. But how do you measure intelligence in animals, Lucas? I once saw an owl forget its name after over 15 years of training. Was it its name or was it the name humans gave it? Okay, come on now. That's not fair. (laughs) Gotcha. All right, moving on to our fire starter. Cinequil, not just one animal. They threw in a ton of animals into this thing. Like, again, it's, it's a quilled animal. So there's a lot of animals we can take from. It's, uh, it's, it's the, the echidna, right? Echidnas uh, are one, but also hedgehogs, porcupines, a couple species of rodent. There's a lot of different animals that have well, They have sharp... like a base, that mythos like, with like the fire rat, though. Yes. We've talked but... about that. But we've looked at its actual physical design as a biologist, and it's got like an anteater face, a hedgehog back. Like, it it's, doesn't. Echidnas look... kind of have an anteater face to it, right? I really feel like that face is like an echidna. That's some, that again, that could be one of them. But with echidnas, there aren't a lot of myths. What I can tell you, just from looking at its biology, is that the snout is built for consuming insects. That's what a lot of these animals do. Anteaters are the most. You know, awesome at it, but there are definitely but, but, a lot of animals like shrews. Mouth isn't, but, but its mouth isn't the snout. But that's its nose. That's its nose, though. Like its mouth is underneath it. I have one. But even still, then it's like a shrew. Even a shrew works off and eats lots of insects. Be like a rat or a shrew. And they also consume tons of insects. That's what the, all these animals have in common. Uh, in myth, again, there's not a lot because um. Okay, with hedgehogs, there's uh, some pretty good ones. But with anteaters, uh, they're seen as tricksters in South America. In culture, we call shrews spiteful people. I mean, if you've ever seen what a shrew does to survive, they're pretty spiteful, terrifying. Can I make, an, can I make an amend to this, Lucas? Yeah. When have you ever heard a man described as a shrew? That's true. Ooh, that's yeah, good. Be careful there, Lucas. It's, 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 not, it's not a spiteful person. No, it's it's typically used for a spiteful yeah. woman. Fair point. And it's really not even a spiteful woman. It's, it's to describe a woman who stood up for herself. 
Shrews mm-hmm. are also venomous. That's exciting. Yes, they are. <laughs> fire poison. But in any case, uh, actually, fire this- poison would be dope. Let's get it. It'll die to earthquakes even more. In any case, in northeast China, in northeast China, uh, there are religious beliefs that there are several animal-based deities called, and I'm going to screw this up, Wu Dashang. The, the Wu Dashang. They're basically multiple immortal animal-based deities. One of them is a hedgehog named Bai Shang, and it cures diseases. Not all fire myths are violent. Our episode, though, on the fire starters, that... There's like um, it was a Chinese myth of like a fire rat, like a rat like impervious to fire. I mean that could also play into it as well, but we've already kind of had it. I mean there's there's a lot of views on these things. Besides, that's hedgehogs. Didn't know there was a species of hedgehog that went into China, but now I know about the armor hedgehog slash the Manchurian hedgehog. Are they cute? It look it's a hedgehog. It's inherently cute. <laughs> I googled armored hedgehog dawn because that's what I thought you said, and all I have is people dressing hedgehogs. No, a M A M U R. A-M-U-R. <laughs> oh, so not armor. No, that's <laughs> just literally just people dressing hedgehogs in armor, and it's hilarious. Yeah, my sister actually she had a uh, yeah she had an African pygmy hedgehog for several years, and it was um it was very angry all the time. Wouldn't you be? I don't know. I'm not a hedgehog. No, it was. It had a very nice life. This hedgehog was like babied quite a lot. It had a good, good thing going for it. It just hated. Maybe it didn't want to be babied. Well, I mean, she gave it live food. Like it hunted for itself. Yeah, it got to kill. She got to feed. It would escape. I found it one time. It escaped. It climbed out of it. It piled up all the blocks in its enclosure, and it climbed out. And I found it in my room, which was on the other side of the house, curled up around a knife. Dude, this thing lusted for blood. All right, continue. Sorry for that aside. Continue on, Lucas, and t- give me more info why I should be afraid of seals. The last starter is Oshawott in the Samurott line. And despite what people think, otters and seals are not directly related. They're all hateful creatures, though. Yeah, that's basically it. People assume that dolphins and manatees are related. They're wet mammals. I've told this story on the show, though. The creator, the creator of Oshawott told the story. He was at a zoo trying to design the final evolution. And because they're all based on like Romance of the Three Kingdoms, all three of those evolutions, Superior, Embor, and Samurott, that he was really struggling doing it with an otter and saw this seal in the, the enclosure next door and was like, nope, that's it. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, literally, the, the designer of this Pokemon has admitted that's how it happened. <laughs> Personally, I think he could have tried harder. If he knew anything about otters, he could have done better. In any case, otters are closer related to weasels. The seals are all part of their own group, along with the walruses and the sea lions. They do share a clade. Yeah, the pinnipeds. They do share a clade, but uh, we don't really consider the clade. They do have a common ancestor just way, way back. But that's another story. Anyway. Again, like Madison said, the only reason Oshawott has a seal evolution is because the designer thought that a big otter wouldn't fit the design. You're correct. Yeah, he was having a lot of trouble making making a big otter look tough. And I think that's the funniest thing ever. Yeah, because giant otters are terrifying. Well, but like, imagine it. Well, I think he was trying to avoid, like, because this is before things got, like, super bipedal, like green Yeah, shows. otters are the top predator in most of their ecosystems. They are adapted yeah. to killing just about anything. They can take down caimans. They are ridiculously terrifying. They have... That was on planet Earth, right? They, they have sharp teeth. 
They have tool usage. They can run on land. They can swim in the water. They have a thick coat that lets them move near flawlessly in the water. But uh, seals and sea lions, they kind of get, they're built different. They are thick with fat and muscle. Just like otters, they are cute until they aren't. Uh, some seals can weigh over 8,000 pounds. The seals and sea lions, they are, there's some that have teeth that look like they belong to a werewolf. Now, in myths and legends, uh, otters are seen as um, symbols of friendship, peace, and kindness by Native Americans in the Northwest. I'm going to have to disagree with my North American, my Native American brethren on this one. There is one really cool one from the Inuits, though. Has anyone here heard of Sedna, the goddess of the sea of the Inuits? Yeah. Enlighten me. So there are many stories about her and how she ended up in the sea, but uh, all the stories share something in common. As she was hanging off a boat, someone, usually her father, cut off her fingers so she would fall into the sea. Her fingers that were cut off eventually became and transformed into the first seals, sea lions, and walruses. So there's some definite myth that's hanging on to these suckers. In any case, it does show there's a lot we can work with here. There's a lot we can work with here. We can work with so many different myths and legends and stuff. Let's go ahead and just get right to it. What do we think these starters will become? Lucas, what are you thinking for for uh, for for decidui? What do you think we're gonna get? Honestly, I just think we just let's pull the trigger. Just make it a grass flying. I mean, I feel like it's already alive. Instead of being a ghost type, make it a flying type. I mean, that's just it's a bird. I just feel it's kind of necessary. But I would base it on an owl found in Japan called the Blankston's owl, uh, the Blankston's fish owl. It is the size of a fire hydrant, uh, and it specializes in hunting aquatic prey. This thing is the largest species of owl in Japan and one of the largest in the world. I think it would just be really cool to have it, not only because it's from Japan, but because it's an endangered species. It's one of the most endangered... Oh, it's endangered... a cool-looking owl, too. I like it. I'm a fan. Yeah, it's, it's going to be it might not be around for much longer. So it's one of those things I always feel, hey, if we're going to get something, let's make it an endangered species and make sure it doesn't turn into a ghost type. I could see that happen though. Like I could see that with the, like the, how, how this game's really tying into like nature. It'd be really stuff. sweet. I went the opposite direction as nature. What did you do? I chose violence. So I, I will admit that the typing here is, a, I, I'm not necessarily married to. Lucas, you came up with something a connection that was better for me for this, but I went grass ground and I was tying it to uh, samurai archers and yumibos because I went for more of the archery connection with decidui and, and that line. And those bows are notable because they are gigantic. They can be up to eight feet, uh, eight feet tall and they are asymmetrical. Whereas you think of like a European bow, the arrow lines up in the middle. These ones tend to be like off center. Uh, to help with draw power um, and and making it more akin to firing from horseback. Oh, that makes sense. So to ask why it was asymmetrical, but horseback makes sense. Yeah, and there is um, I I read something back in like World War. I think it was World War Two. There was a demonstration where they fired one of these bows at one of the steel helmets that the soldiers, Japanese soldiers, would wear, and it penetrated the from 15 meters. It penetrated both ends of the helmet, like it went through the steel helmet. Jeez. So these are very, very powerful bows. And then for, for uh, context, they take the draw power is about 25 to 35 pounds. Uh, standard European bows are about 30 to 50. 
and the longbow is about 90 pounds to 180 pounds to to draw it so this is like comparatively very light or for for the draw strength needed to to use it i tied it with uh, i chose ground because ground warfare of horses but lucas tell me about some ground owls burrowing owls burrowing out don you don that's all yours you love burrowing owls yeah i do i do love burrowing owls um so we have them in florida um they're sweet i'm are actually are there other species globally yes there are i i we were talking about one that went extinct in cuba oh well, that's a bummer it looks like zapdos it's called the cuban was it the cuban great owl something like that hang on let me pull it up Cuban giant owl. yeah the cuban giant so yeah so they are spread out through south america as well um i've seen that they're um I remember there was Hoot was a book that was popular for a minute. They made a movie about it too, about burrowing owls and like a pancake place was going to pave over it. But um, they're a really cool owl. We have them in Florida. Um, they're also in the American Southwest through like Central America and in parts of South America. There's a few species. Um, they'll they'll commandeer the burrows of other species or scratch out their own. Um, sometimes um, norm- normally it's more abandoned than like they actually like attack stuff gopher tortoise holes are one of their favorites and they'll sometimes live with the gopher tortoise because they don't bother each other yeah they'll live with the gopher tortoise the daytona infield like the infield of the daytona speedway actually has burrowing owls in it that seems like not a great place for owls to live no they they seem to like it um because also i've been to the racetrack in sebring florida and there's also burrowing owls in that infield so i think they enjoy it I mean, they're the ones with the super hearing. It's their if they can leave. I, I well, if I had to guess, maybe like all those delicious concessions from like people that watch the cars go around a bunch of times and then like eat a bunch of French fries and drop them. I would counter that with they aren't eating the French fries; they're eating. No, the that's what I mean. I'm saying there's probably a bunch fries. of rats okay. that they get to chomp. <laughs> yeah, it's like they're probably yeah, yeah, they're probably all about it. What are yours, Madison? Okay, so don't kill me for the first one, but bear with me. We're not murderers. Tengu. I mean, see, I'm not going to murder you for that. Why not? Why, that sounds fine. I mean, that... Well, because, like, usually it's depicted of, like, raven, right? Or, like, other, like, type of birds. But, like, owls have that depiction, too, in, in my understanding. Like, why not Why not give us a sword-wielding owl? <laughs> oh, a sword owl. Well, Tengu is that... Is that it's, it's like that... that it's a mythical creature, right? I don't know that much about them, but I, I like I'm trying to think here through my memory here of like what are creatures I know of that exist in pop culture or in, in folklore and, and culture. And I know that a Tengu would be pretty good. It'd be a little I mean, it's already bipedal anyway, right? Might as well. well. And it would it would play into the entire era too. It would well and it would play into like the era that the game takes place in too. Of course. <clears throat> the other one was I did find an owl yokai. Tatari Moke, I think that's how you say that. It's apparently um, <laughs> like the soul of a dead baby in an owl. I mean, we have phantoms, so we're not that far off. Yeah, it would still be a ghost. So imagine that though, Lucas, if they give us like a different ghost owl. Oh, a ghost owl. I'm looking at a picture of this thing and I'm closing that window. I don't want to look at it anymore, Madison. <laughs> Can you imagine how great that would be though? Like if they were like, ghost owl we're just gonna do another ghost owl um because like that's the thing that apparently curses people and it acts like a will-o'-wisp i don't know like i'm gonna be really curious to see what they do if they do give it a variant uh, i don't know i'm really putting my money that's gonna go folklore 
because so much of this game has tied into folklore. Like, I just, I think that's where we're going to go. On to the fire rat. Cinequil, I decided to go a completely weird direction. I wanted to base it directly on the Chinese hedgehog deity, Bai Shen. I really hope I'm pronouncing that right. I want to make it something like, I want to make it a fire fairy type. I want to, well, I want to make it like Megadium. I want to make it like a support because this Chinese hedgehog deity is a healer. It's meant to cure diseases. I think give this cynical typlosion is already terrifying. It's already scary. Are we just going to make scary squared? What if we tried and made it something a little more peaceful? Maybe they can make it stats not exactly the same as Charizard's like they did with Typhlosion. That would also be great. <laughs> I would love that. Or at least put them in different spots. Keep the numbers and move them around. Even if the stats were the same, could they give Typhlosion like viability with a better ability? It's got it's 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 in Typhlosion's entire niche is I have eruption. Instead of eruption, I want to give it a move like Pollen Puff, where it's fire instead of bug, where you can heal your teammates, but also burn people if they go against you. I like that. I want this thing to help and support its team. I don't want it to be like a pure violence. Meganium's only crime was being put in a generation where there isn't double battles where it could help out. Like, we can use a support Yeah, type. but even we have double battles and it's still kind of bad. So let's make a good one. Let's light it on fire and make it good. Fire Fairy's a really good typing, though, I will say. I would love to see that. Now, apparently, Chris, what was yours? <laughs> Notes just say story time. <laughs> Yeah, because so I went fire psychic with this one, and this one more so not so much tied in with a real life aspect, but more of what I think would be cool with the the game, the lore of the game, and how the Pokemon and humans interact in the world. Humans being able to control fire uh, was important historically for obviously reasons of keeping warm, cooking food, all those kinds of things. But fire also gave humans a place to gather around, a place to share stories and share information amongst each other. And that's how humans were able to grow beyond what we had been. Uh, and so I want something, I want a Pokemon that is fire psychic, that is able to work with the humans in the area and communicate telepathically or something with them and, and really just spread knowledge, work with the society and, and help them grow and learn the area. That'd be nice. What if it's got some sort of, like, smoke signal aspect, then, maybe? Okay, wait. I got one, too, though, when he's done. What would you like to do, Madison? Okay, so I have two that, again, like, my thoughts are really Japan. As I've always said, Japan loves Japan, loves Japan. <laughs> so there's, I did find two different yokai. Um, Kayuso, I hope I'm saying that right. I have no idea. Apparently there's a giant rat that, after being cornered, Fights cats. I don't know. I don't do anything with that one. The other one that I found, though, I do think kind of sounds cool. I thought you were about to hype another firefighting star. <laughs> no. I thought we were going to have a problem. So, oh, we were going to, like, we're going to have some words Kesso with you, Madison. is a, um, it's known as the Iron Rat. So it's, it's a, um, it's a mythos about an emperor who made a promise and didn't keep it. And then is cursed and a giant rat comes in yeah anyways oh he does not look happy no. that he's been cursed. and so like he the story not, is, he has the, the surprise that the giant rat that comes to like kill you for not fulfilling your promise has iron fangs so iron like a beaver 
Like, like, yeah, like, like, steel fire Typhlosion would be kind of cool, though. And still die to Earthquake. Well, yeah, but, like... Permanently <laughs> wrap an air balloon. A fast heat train would be kind of cool. Yeah, I was just saying, like, give it, yeah. like, speed. It'd be kind of a cool thing to combat. Permanently attach an air balloon to its wrist like a child at the zoo. Give it, give it a new ability, Fire Surge, and it just starts fires everywhere it goes. I mean, if, if it, like, auto-applied Fire Pledge, that would be probably incredibly busted, but it'd be kind of sweet. What if that's all their new abilities? Is that their new ability, they just get all the pledges on the field Well, whoever gets the Swamp Pledge will be the most busted thing ever, because it will quarter the speed on switching. That might be just too good. Madison, I like yours. Uh, yeah, you do like it. What would your typing be for this horrifying? Would you 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 no, fire, steel. fire steel? Fire steel, yeah, yeah, fire steel. I know. I was just looking at this picture of the Iron Rat, and it's just this this ver- the Tesso, and it's this man just very upset that he is now half rat. No, no, that's coming to kill him. That's coming to kill him. Yeah, it's like oh, he doesn't look like he likes his job. He looks like he does it. He just doesn't like it. Well, don't break your promises, yo. Last one. Oh wait, wait! I did I do I not get to chime in with ideas? No, hit us, Don. Oh, no, I, I was gonna say, uh, Senequil, like it's obviously got a kid in the vibes and all this stuff. And I did look to see there isn't like a hedgehog native to Japan. Um, so I went the shrew vibe because I feel like fire poison is kind of an unrepresented type, but it's kind of cool. Um, so I might I I thought along a fire poison type, uh, shrews are one of the only venomous mammals. Um, so I thought that would have been kind of cool. Um, also, it could be kind of speed, maybe a little speedier because shrews for their size are pretty quick. I think that's pretty much like the one condition for all of our typings is, yeah, this would be great. Make it fast. For the love of God, give it speed. I mean, either it has to be, I mean, these days to be good, it's got to be almost always very fast or very slow. Speed kills. And nothing in between. You can't, you can't work it one way or the other. Unless it's got dumb bulk. Yeah, dumb, the dummy thick with two Q's bulk. Uh, now for Oshawott, and I've been on this rant for a long time. We've all been on this rant for a long time, all four of us. It deserved a fighting type from the start. I thought steel. It's got a sword. I mean, but it learns sacred sword, which is a fighting type move, and it could have gotten, it also learns you know, Megahorn, so it- Honestly, though, like, I would not be unhappy with another, like, viable, like, for competitive water fighting type, because we don't really have a viable for competitive water fighting type. Yeah, see, Madison gets it. Madison understands Oh, no, no, I, I need one. Like, I love my water types. Yeah, but water steals a better typing. Yeah, but like. I have Empoleon. Yeah, but it could be better than Empoleon. <laughs> Don, hear me out, though. Hear me out. What if for our water fighting, we ditch the sword, and we just go full on... Just beast mode. No, we go elephant seal this time. We go elephant seal. I like seal. it. We lose the dual sword. There's no more sword. Like, you can go sumo. Go, oh, was if it was like a sumo vibe. Oh, we could go club. sumo. Ooh, bash. Yes, I like it. We could get a sumo Pokemon. Now, again, being a Other fighting type doesn't mean you're quick. It could just be, yeah, just make him a big, monstrous, ogre-looking seal. And have him either go sumo, have a big club, whatever. Just have him just go all out that way. Instead of being like this honorable warrior who fights for what's right. Nah, dog. Give him an ability like Solid Rock where it's like, oh, my super effective attacks don't hurt me as much. And just have him start smacking people around. Have him be the perfect user for counter. I don't know what you do with the moveset. But just make him 
big and terrifying. We already have Primarina, which is the most beautiful of the water types. Let's turn that around and make the most hideous, vile creature that ever blubbered its way out of the ocean. I mean, I you said most that. beautiful of the water types, and you're leaving out the utterly majestic creature that is Chin Chow. <laughs> I just like Chin Chow. I wish Chin Chow was usable. Lantern can do things sometimes. Only, only when we describe, only when we describe its physics. No, it can, it can soak discharge. That's something. Madison, did you have an idea? No, let Chris go first. That's oh, I was going to – Don and I appear to be on the same wavelength because I also went water steel because I also love Empoleon and want something else, something better. Uh, but I was tying, again, back to violence um, with uh, – I went with the – obviously, Samurais used lots of different blades, but the most notable is the uh, Katana Sword. One of the uh, one of the aspects that I thought could be tied in with the in-game lore – is that the the swords themselves uh, katanas are folded nu- or numerous times to remove impurities to make stronger steel because folded this... over nine thousand times <laughs> exactly uh, but I thought that could be a good way of of Pokemon working with with the humans to build something better is learning how the they have their uh, the steel typing in that but my favorite little tidbit about wait the... wait I'm sorry to interrupt uh, wait are there a, that's their official name. The official name of the uh, of Samurai swords are scimitars. Oh my god! Like scimitar, Ooh. but C. Scimitar. This is on Bulbapedia. It appears to be the official name. I dig it. That's my kind of wordplay. <laughs> I'm so angry. <laughs> no, the the last bit that I that I'll add about the katana though is that opposed to other swords, uh, the katana is a single edged sword. And as opposed to other single-edged swords, which are traditionally kept, you know, sharp edge down, they're stored uh, or sheathed sharp edge up for optimal cutting timing when you can basically cut on draw. I, too, have seen animes. (laughs) Yeah, basically cut something as fast as you can. But, Don, were you, did you want to add anything to the water steel party? Um, yeah, I'll, 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 as of right now, I'll add something, I guess. Um, Samurai. (laughs) Well, yeah, so, I mean, we Samurais and the Katana became very, like, hyped kind of later in the age of Samurai. Because the first time they made it a Samurai. Yes. Um, I thought was maybe, like, if we leaned into, like, one of the other... We talked about the Yumi. Um, because Samurai, traditionally, like, the sword was so, up until later when, like, there was the whole gunpowder and all that stuff. Um, and then they sort of leaned into the way of the sword and all that. Earlier than that, um, things like the Yumi or maybe like the Naginata, like other weapons yeah. or like pole arms were the primary, like they're like the actual main field weapons and swords were sort of a holdout slash dueling weapon. So maybe like one that uses maybe a, a Samurai, because it would be like an earlier stage of Samurai that uses the pole arms more than the uh, the Katana. And um, so maybe like a uh, some sort of, I'm not sure how you would do it because you couldn't just strap like giant. Yeah, you couldn't like strap Naginatas to his forearms. But maybe something like that, have one that wields like a pole arm or something would be kind of cool. What if it was the horn on its head that eventually breaks off and becomes the scimitars? I like it. Um, so my thought is, looking at folklore again, um, Kawaso? Kawuso? Kawuso? Is it a yokai? It's another... <laughs> no, it's... um. Uh, I don't. It, no, it's from folklore. Oh, oh wait, Osh, Oshawa's scallop is called a scalp chop officially. Yeah, we it's, knew that one. 
Um, oh, I didn't. Apparently, this thing is I like hate it. Um, an otter kitsune, <laughs> where it like tricks humans. Oh, is it, there's like a there's a Scott or the oh, selkies are seal kitsune, but they're like Scottish, right? Um, they're horses. I thought it's kelpies. No, 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 that's kelpies. Oh, kelpies, and selkies. You got it right. Selkies. You're right. Selkies, selkies. selkies are seals. You're right. I know that. I know that. There's a there's um there's an Irish animated film. My daughters liked it. Song of the Sea. So like a talking thinking otter that has culture, um, but apparently they put out like fires in like the um, like uh, those those paper lanterns in some of the folklores. Um, some folklores believe that they're a type of kappa. So that might be kind of cool to see if they like bring that in somehow. I dig that. Um, I kind of would like to see that. Like a lot of the images instead of here violence, have, it shows culture. Yeah, a lot of the images here have them wearing like a hat, and I think that'd be really funny because Samurai's clearly wearing armor. What about that South Park episode where they go in the future and it's all sea otters? <laughs> I mean, I could see this thing as like um. This could be a water psychic. I mean, we have a few of those already, but like, just like, yeah, I don't know. Just, like, it's I, thinking its way through its problems. I honestly wonder if we'll get like just a bunch of monotypes. I don't care either way. Um, I don't care if they recreate them either. I mean, I'm excited to play the game regardless, but I, I have my thoughts that a lot of this stuff's going to be tied into folklore here. I'm really excited. See, I'm the opposite. I want them to change them. The whole idea of a regional variant is when you put oh, something no, no. in a place. Oh, no, no. I didn't say I want them to. I just, I'm like, I'm okay if they don't. I, I would not be okay because, again, like, my hatred for Oshawott. That's all I care about. New Growlithe. My hatred for what they did to Oshawott and not giving him a fighting typing angers me to this day. It's like, no, he deserves a second chance. Yeah, but it was still fun to use. Like, I used it on my playthrough for Black and White. He deserves it. I, I think it. all the starters should have good hidden abilities to make them viable. All right, guys, we are definitely running low on the time, and I have holiday season and whatnot to try and include in my day. Let's go ahead and wrap up. All right, guys, as always, it's nice to hear from all of you again. I'll be back soon, I promise. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be – I'm moving. I'll be coming back in mid-March. Uh, once I'm there, I got to figure out where I'm going to be working and where I'm going to get paid. After that, I uh, will make more plans. I'm not making any plans until I have a, a source of income and a roof over my head. No, we're all going to go to Colossocon. I can't. I got to make money. I have to survive. <laughs> I got a fine pouch for you. Oh, yeah. You're always welcome to come stay in Ohio. I, I am always happy to know that I have a place somewhere that is worse than Florida. Thank you, Madison. I appreciate it. Um, we are not okay. Florida's terrible. <laughs> no. Ohio sucks, but we are not worse than Florida. Go. I knew I could rile you up. I knew it. It was so easy. It was because so easy. Florida's we're this, terrible. We're not going to get in this debate, but I am correct in that we're better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to our little rant. Honestly, just you guys listening, we keep getting higher and higher view counts. With we keep going up, and it's it's because of you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you for everything. As always, you can always share share the share the episode on social media or leave a review to help spread the word about the show. We can keep growing as we hit the new year. So thank you all so much. If you're in an elevator with someone, tell them about the show because they can't escape while you tell them about the show. That's that's how Don lives his life. I feel like when Don's on a boat, it's like, so uh, 
you know about this podcast, right? Like, well, dude, it's, it's the implications. They have to download it because of the implications. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Don, thank I you think, so I much for listening. I think you and I are the only two who watch that show. I watch Maybe. It's Always Sunny. I get it. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. Thank you so much, guys. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye, everybody. Mm-hmm.